Chapter 8 of the Handbook to the Rivers and Broads of Norfolk and Suffolk by George Christopher Davies. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 8 Up the Ant to Barton and Stalham. Wynne had undertaken the office of steward, and so far we had fared sumptuously. But as we were tidying up on Monday morning, the fact became apparent that the provision lockers were nearly empty the fact is he said i thought there would be a better chance of buying things as we went along than there appears to be for with the exception of butter and eggs we might as well be on the prairies what shall we do now provisioning is a very perplexing thing particularly when it is for several days and as i knew that at norwich made-up hampers of provisions for fishing parties could be obtained we telegraphed for one to be sent to us at wroxham station and departed in hope with a light but fair wind we trailed a pike bait behind and caught several jack and two or three good perch we were three hours getting to wroxham and while the mast was being lowered Wynne went to the station to meet a train then coming in. He returned in glee with a hamper of good things, and our difficulty was at end. Once we spent a Sunday at Wroxham, with nothing procurable to eat but biscuits, and once at Barton we were obliged to fish for our meals. Meat so soon goes bad on board a boat, and one does not always care for tin things a good wrinkle is to have a bottle containing a strong solution of permanganated potash on board and then a few drops placed in a pint of water will make a most efficient deodorizing liquid with which you may safely sprinkle the meat and wash out the lockers as the day advanced the breeze got up and by two o'clock we were at the mouth of the river ant ten miles from wroxham as we turned up its narrow and shallow waters our man said we shan't get very far up this river sir with the craft drawing so much water as this no but we can get to ludden bridge and there i have arranged for an old latina to be waiting for us we touched the ground several times before we got to the bridge about a mile up thus showing that a very fine broad is practically closed to the possessor of a large yacht of the usual type we left the yacht below the bridge in charge of the man and Wynne and i transferred ourselves on board a six-ton latina very broad and very shallow with bluff bows a boat sixty years old if a day only drawing about two feet of water she had an enormous lateen foresail and a mizzen and she subsequently formed a picturesque object in wind sketches a wherry was coming through the low and narrow bridge and as the water was high she had some difficulty in doing it the wind was fair for a large portion of the way and we bowled along very fast where it was ahead owing to a bend in the river there was no room to tack 
and one of us would jump ashore with a line and tow the ant is just like a canal except that it has no towpath the fishing in it is remarkably good particularly at ersted shoals where there is a stretch of water about half a mile long with an even depth of four to five feet and a firm level pebbly bottom a curiosity in this land of boggy streams this is an excellent spot for perch and pike it is marked by the presence of a church on the western bank and is one of the few places on these waters where a person who cannot swim can bathe with safety or comfort the muddy bottom of course prohibits wading as you approach the entrance to barton broad the bottom becomes muddy again and the broad itself is full of mud there being large hills where the water is not more than two feet deep the navigable channels wind between these hills and are marked out by posts the broad is a mile long and very pretty and the entrance to it is four and a half miles from the mouth of the ant in our light draught latina we ignored the channels and sped about all over often however finding our speed diminished as the keel cut through the soft mud and turned up yellow volumes of mud behind it is a curious fact that in some broads and portions of broads the mud is of a light yellow colour and in other portions black as all this mud is the result of decayed vegetation this difference is singular there is an artificial island in the broad where a picnic party were then enjoying themselves we sailed away into the long bight which leads towards neatishead or neatstead where the bowery woods fringing the water spoke of welcome shade but we were brought to a stop by the mud and had some difficulty in getting back on this very lovely broad we found we had much better stick to the channels which were wide enough and explore the shallows in the jolly the fishing here is remarkably good i do not think any objection is made to angling for coarse fish but permission must be obtained for pike fishing the broad though the water is fresh is affected by the rise and fall of the tide going on one night in the dark i missed the channel and ran so hard on to a hill that in the morning when the tide was at its height we had to lay the yacht on her side by means of lines and tackles to the nearest channel posts ere we could float her off the broad is easy of access by going to stalham railway station and hiring boats at stalham whence a row of about two miles will bring you on to the broad at the north end of the broad a wide dyke leads northwards this divides into two about a mile from the broad the left-hand one leads to dilham and north walsham becoming a canal with locks and water mills we took the right-hand one and on coming to another subdivision took the left-hand one the right leading to a grown-up piece of water known as sutton broad the course we chose led us over stalham broad 
which though marked on maps as a piece of open water now only consists of a tract of marsh with a dyke kept open through it stalham is at the end of this dyke here there are two good inns the swan and the maid's head and there are plenty of good boats for hire at the waterside stalham has a station on the yarmouth and north norfolk railway and as a fishing station is considered very good we caught a pike in the dyke at luncheon time ours as well as his and a big fellow of about fourteen pounds in weight was said to haunt the spot we saw a large fish strike at some roach but he would not look at our spinning bait within sight of the dyke end is a tumble-down house with a thatched roof broken-backed and altogether so jumbled and ancient-looking that it makes a capital subject for a sketch in the afternoon we sailed quietly back to the cutter and took both boats back to the bure and down it to st bennet's abbey which we reached by moonlight wynne had taken a great fancy to the latina which had been lent to me by a friend and as we wished to explore the broads about hickling all too shallow for the cutter we decided to take both yachts up the thurn to higham bridges and leave the cutter there while we took the latina up on the wide wild waters above the bridge the next morning we devoted to pike fishing at the mouth of the thurn getting our bait with a casting net we got up very early and were moored in a convenient spot and all rigged up ready to start before the mist had risen off the water i do not intend to go into the details of our sport which was not out of the way but by one o'clock we got six pike from four to ten pounds in weight and put back four undersized fish this was with live bait without moving more than one hundred yards from the same spot End of chapter eight